Test one, two, test one, two. Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds. Steve Harness. And Cousin Brewski. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Take one. Welcome back to the program. It's The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. All of Brewski. And uh, here we are for another exciting program dropping on you. You get three dudes for the price of none. And uh, no refunds are available because <laughs> you're paying nothing for the shenanigans. So. Uh, find us on the website, thevocalminority.net. You can find all of our social media stuff, and you can help spread the show worldwide. We hope you do it. Uh, exciting weekend and back to it. Uh, this is a Monday. Oh, no. Well, yeah, this is Monday, but it's Tuesday for you, right? Monday for us, but yes. It's a time warp for the audience. Uh, Tuesday's episode here. I should just say, I feel like, uh, you know, mentally, it's it's definitely a Monday. I'm just not ready to be back into the work week. So make this fun for me, gents. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I was hoping to have you guys to make this fun for me. So uh, let's all do it. <laughs> Bruce, <laughs> this one's all on you, champion. It's, it's a collective effort, but I'll, I'll do what I can for you. We interrupt this all podcast right. to bring you this. We interrupt our program to bring you a special Here is program. a news bulletin. We interrupt this program to bring you. All the humanity and all the things. The date which will live in infamy. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Need to know news. News you need to know. Need to know news, news you need to know, where it's just a uh, plethora, a collection of stories that maybe you didn't hear, and, well, you need to know them, damn it. Exactly. These are news stories that we feel you need to know for one reason or the other, for uh, for the betterment of humanity, so you can sound informed, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, forget CNN, MSNBC, all that. Just tune into us every week. We got you. Yeah, if we find something interesting from the news that one of the networks did, we're going to share it for you, uh, yeah. share it with you. So, although we only have an hour, so we're probably going to miss a lot of news. So maybe skim through those other sites too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. At least you're going to sound good at the water cooler, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, gentlemen, uh, I'm a bachelor for the next couple of days, and I was so bored yesterday. Um, I tuned in TV that I haven't tuned into for a long time, and I've made me feel old. I watched 60 Minutes yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, Only because I knew Leslie Stahl was going to interview Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I just had to see that train wreck, right? Yeah, yeah. I understand the uh, the torture element of it. So, I mean, I've seen some of the clips already, and it, it just makes my head melt. I can't, I, I can't handle it. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty insane. Uh, I pulled uh, a little audio just to play for the audience. It's about fifty five seconds worth of audio, and then we'll move on and talk about it a little bit. Well, this Are you is ready? good. I, yeah, I'm glad you subjected yourself to it, so you can give us the highlights because I can't listen to an hour of that. So it was fascinating, dude. We yeah. looked up some words that have been said about you. Okay. <laughs> Crazy, cue clown, looney tune, unhinged, moron, pretty <laughs> ugly stuff. Looks like the average troll in my Twitter feed, so I don't really care. You're used to it. So I don't let name calling bother me or offend me. I just don't. How much have you styled yourself after Donald Trump? Hmm. People say that you are Trump in high heels. I didn't intentionally style myself after President Trump, but I can see how people draw those similarities. We both come from the same industry, construction. Um, I also have pretty much a plain speaking style, and, and so does he. But also, he's often in attack mode. And you appear to be. 
Yeah, I think, but I think our government deserves it. Fascinating, dude. Uh, first of all, yes, you both speak very plainly. Uh, I don't think that's what anyone means by you modeled after Trump. You speak no. plainly. You both come from construction. What the hell does that even mean? <laughs> she's an, she's such a moron, dude. I mean, uh, I will say that, you know, at 60 Minutes, they do a few different stories. So I think they probably talk to her with commercials involved for maybe like 20 minutes. And uh, she is such an idiot. I mean, Leslie Stahl was fact-checking her during the interview with her own Twitter posts, like posting them on the screen. Uh, Leslie Stahl at one point said, like, you said about the Parkland shooting that it was fake. Yeah, false flag thing. False flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, she was like, no, I don't. I never said that. And then, boom, up on the screen is her tweet <laughs> saying that, like, it's fake. It's a false flag. Right. I mean, she's such an idiot. Yes. Well, so so my my problem with the whole thing too was is that Leslie Stahl seemed surprised, and even after the fact, she seemed surprised by certain things that uh, uh, that were said during the interview. You knew who this woman is. You've done a lot of research about her. How could anything that was said? during that interview come as any sort of shock whatsoever i don't know what she was hoping to gain from that interview like she was going to come clean on any of this or acknowledge your idiocies i mean you're talking to a wall the problem being is when i saw that she was going to be on i was like oh here's 60 minutes it's almost like a pbs so hopefully everyone across the board will watch right it's not slanted is what i mean uh so i was like oh well maybe she's just having her on Get those right wing people that will watch and just see how crazy she actually is. But throughout the interview, I feel like Leslie Stahl almost humanized her. I mean, like they walked around to her house together and had mundane conversation, you know, and I was like, no, this is not the piece for that. You're doing more harm than good. I was going to say, that's, that kind of stuff is dangerous. Giving her that sort of platform on 60 Minutes, if you're going to just hold her feet to the fire the whole time and just be merciless as far as trying to fact check her, then uh, then there's maybe some value to the greater good. But otherwise, no, you're just, you know, like you said, humanizing that. Would you for, gentlemen like to know what the ratings were for that particular episode please. last night? Please, tell me it was low. But yeah, go ahead. 6.6 million people. Yeah, but wow. what's the average episode, though? That's, that's the, they said they said that's the lowest rated show they've had on 60 minutes in over 30 years okay that, well that's fascinating that's good news see because I, I would think a lot of normal people watch 60 minutes and much like me i was just say like i can't tolerate that like i can't sit there and watch her garbage yeah and just it, like I said, you're throwing stuff at the wall that's just going nowhere and you're never going to get to the bottom of someone like her the human um, form of cocaine bear, you know, that we've elected a hundred. Yeah, there was another great. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Brewski. Go ahead. Nick, I, I was going to ask you, you watched the whole segment, correct, Nick? I did. How yeah. long okay. is 60 minutes anyways? Is that an hour long show? 61, <laughs> 60, an hour and one minute. So qu- qu- question, Nick, uh, did they really uh, intersperse videos of her working out? Yes. So uh, (laughs) apparently, you know, first of all, I will say that they showed pictures of her when she was in college. And I was like, damn, like like a Sarah Palin type thing, you know, where you're like, oh, politician, I'd crush that. You admonished me for saying Lauren Boebert was uh, good looking. Yeah, you're saying, dude. I have reverted. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> you know, even when I look at Lauren Boebert, if I look at her and I have her on mute and I realize that 
you know, she's a pile of skin. Right. She's hot. I get it. Okay. That's not an endorsement of either of these people. No. no. Just it's an observation. That's yes. all. <laughs> so they showed these college pictures, and then, you know, throughout the years, she's having kids or whatever. But the, And uh, she got into CrossFit at one point. I mean, yeah. so it's showing old video of her, like, doing CrossFit, and she's powerlifting and throwing the weights and stuff like that. Like I said, it kind of humanized her, and it was, I mean, it was disgusting, really. Okay. Maybe she had an aneurysm during one of those workouts, so that would explain a lot, quite frankly. At one point, Leslie Stahl asks her, uh, like, you're all for uh, bringing religion into government. I mean, uh, you want to pass bills that say, like, you know, we should do this. And she was like, uh, aren't you familiar with the mix of church and state? She was like, yeah. Yeah, our forefathers were constantly quoting the Bible. You tell me what they meant. I'm like, the ones that said to keep it separate. It doesn't mean they weren't religious. We all know they were, but they were (laughs) smart enough to say, keep it separate. Well, some of them were and some of them weren't. And that's that's what's great about the Constitution is that these two groups of people where you've got we had some people who were religious and some that weren't. They they were disagreeing on that. But yet at the end, the compromise was we're going to keep them separate. Yes. Otherwise, what God are we talking about? Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha. Which one would you like to have in our government? The flying spaghetti monster could be. Uh, you're such a constitutionalist when it's convenient for you, but you want to switch things up like that. I mean, oh, the forefathers didn't mean that. Oh, you're so terrible, dude. You're everything wrong with democracy. Uh, hypocrisy and cherry picking, I suppose, is nothing new in the Republican wing of things. And we point it out on the show all the time. But this new version with the Boberts and the Taylor Greens that are just anti-government basically but somehow Mm. we've elected them to work in the government i just i don't understand how everyone in their districts is not just embarrassed to hell of what they have done it's one thing to send a outsider there but then when you watch the country just mock and ridicule their repeat stupidity the fact that leslie stahl had to start an interview reading insults to this woman (laughs) (laughs) because that's the standard conversation around her yeah you you know that in in bobert's last uh, election she actually only won that that election by 428 votes. Yeah, it was a few hundred votes. So, all right, Nick, did we learn anything good from that interview, or is it just a, a flapping skin bag for 60 minutes? We have confirmed that she is still dumb and evil. Need to know news. News you need to know. Good. All right, if there was any doubt on that topic, then uh, there you go. Can I just say one, one last thing real quick about CrossFitters? Sure. Yeah. Whenever I get people trying to talk to me about CrossFit, I always say to them, do you know what the first rule of Fight Club is? You don't talk about it, right? Exactly. Let's apply that to CrossFit, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess staying on the topic, then, of health and fitness, uh, you know, Nick and I are certainly big coffee fans. Bruce, are you a coffee drinker? Nick and I are always drinking during the show. I don't know about you. Uh, No. I mean, I, I here and there, like, if I'm out to dinner... And and like you know you get dessert like a little slice of cake. You'll you take might, a nightcap, like a little coffee with like a chocolate piece of chocolate cake because they go well together, you know. Hmm, sure, um, I'm, I'm more of a tea guy myself, actually. I I only know people that are uh, well. I mean, I guess I know you obviously, but people seem to be one way or the other. Either I don't drink coffee at all, or I drink it 17 times a day. Because you know. sure. And uh, ironically, I didn't start drinking coffee until a few years ago, and I don't want to say I'm hooked on it. I mean, it's become part of my routine, but there are days where I don't drink coffee, and it doesn't bother me. When I was sick this past week, I didn't drink coffee at all. It didn't bother me. What are, what, what are you like, Nick? If you Can you skip a day? Like, what is, what is that like? 
I suppose that I could, but I wouldn't want to, you know, like I drink the first thing I, I go start my coffee before I take a piss in the morning. Like I need it as soon as I get up, I want it. And I drink coffee all throughout the day. And usually I have a caffeinated coffee at, you know, 1030 at night. Really? That late, huh? Yeah. Wow. I do that sometimes, but only when I need to be staying up late. And your philosophy in coffee is similar to mine with marijuana. Like, I could quit if I wanted to, but why would I want to? <laughs> like, so, okay. Yeah, I have no desire. Well, so here's the the latest news you need to know from, uh, from CNN. This one is uh, coffee drinkers get more steps, but also less sleep. There's a big gang here. I don't like to hear uh, that. The article says coffee is one of the most consumed beverages worldwide, uh, but the pendulum has swung back and forth over the years about its benefits and drawbacks. A new uh, finding from a small study published Thursday in the New England Journal of Medicine uh, suggests uh, both upsides and downsides. Drinking at least a cup of coffee per day might make you move more um, as far as your activity in uh, you know, throughout the day, but it's going to make you sleep less. This is one cup a day. Nick, how many do you think you're doing a day? Uh, it used to be a lot more. I'm probably down to between four and five cups a day. Interesting, but spread out over the whole day. Yes, okay. morning to night. Uh, to get a better idea of coffee's immediate health effects, the authors recruited 100 healthy adults who were ages 39 uh, on average from the San Francisco Bay Area. They equipped the participants with Fitbits to track their steps and sleep, Uh, continuous blood glucose monitors. Uh, Each participant was randomly assigned to drink as much coffee as they wanted for two days. (laughs) But then they had to abstain for two days, Nick. Could you abstain for two days? You know, when I know when my wife does, she gets a headache and I don't think I don't think I get a headache, dude, but I definitely am craving it, you know, (laughs) so there's some addiction there. So they repeated the cycle for a two-week period. That just sounds like torture. Yes. (laughs) On coffee drinking days, participants got an average of a 1,000 more steps than they did when they were abstaining from coffee. But on those same days, they slept less, with participants getting 36 fewer minutes of shut-eye. That's only like a half hour. Are you willing to give up a half hour to drink your coffee? Yeah, I don't know. I've been sleeping so poorly for the last two months almost that uh, maybe it's something I should think about, right? Well, and so this uh, this next part here brings Brewski into our fold. And anyone new to the show, Brewski's had uh, you know heart issues his entire life. He has a, a defibrillator built on in there. Uh, coffee seemed to affect the heart, too. Researchers found no evidence of a significant relationship between coffee consumption and premature arterial contractions, which are, quote, very common. But people with uh, premature arterial contractions are at higher risk of developing a very very clinically significant heart rhythm disturbance called atrial fibrillation. Which I also have. Right. Oof. Uh, But drinking more than one cup per day uh, results in about 50% higher incidence of premature ventricular contrictions, or PVCs, compared with days with no coffee intake. Uh, these heartbeats arise from lower uh, the lower chamber of the heart, and they can also feel like a skipped beat. Oh, yeah. So, essentially, this article is saying, coffee drinkers, you're going to be a little more active, but you're going to sleep a little bit less, and you're kind of messing with your heart a little bit, but not terribly. So, you take the good, you take the bad. It's the facts of life. It is. It's the facts of life. And there's so many things in life that are like this for me that are like, could be good, could be bad. And I don't know, dude, I just, 
I need to change my mindset because I'm trying to uh, get in a healthier place. But uh, I think with everything, uh, oh, if it hurts me a little bit, like I want to live life, like I want to enjoy my life. So I don't mind eating a cheeseburger. Right. Uh, I don't mind smoking a cigarette. But I really should start cutting back on some of them. I suppose you could say a day at the beach is fun in the sun, but then you're increasing your chance of skin cancer and whatnot. So, I, I, you know, to me, this goes back to my general philosophy on life of everything in moderation. You know, During, sex, rock and roll, good food, bad food. If you're uh, doing too much of anything, it's going to be bad for you. Yeah, you're right. Uh, during the pandemic, I, I stopped using uh, creamer in my coffee and Ooh. started using Bailey's. Uh, oh. <laughs> and uh, classing it up honest, a little bit, uh, classing it up a little bit for sure, dude. And uh, I haven't stopped. I mean, that's the only way I drink my coffee now. And it's screwed me a couple of times because, like, I'll take a cup of coffee to the car, you know, and I've been drinking it at <laughs> one point and thinking, like, I'm drinking and driving right now. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it has yeah. so many <laughs> calories, dude. It has Bailey's has so many calories that it, I think yeah. it is part of my weight gain. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it does sound like a lot of empty calories. I mean, coffee already has a bunch of calories, right? It's not a health drink per se. And if you drink it black, it is. Hmm, interesting. I've also heard that only serial killers drink black coffee, or at least all serial killers do like black coffee. <laughs> so, interesting. That mm. uh, so you're just sort of casually drinking alcohol throughout the day. Is that what you're basically saying? Yes, I am saying that. But uh, let's keep in mind that I, I, I don't know if you could slam enough Baileys to ever feel anything. D am I right on that? Or is it just me? No, because that, that, that's real sugary, though, too. Yeah, I've yeah. never gotten a buzz off Bailey's. Why did you make that switch? I'm confused. I was out of coffee creamer, and I had some Bailey's <laughs> in my liquor cabinet. I poured it in there. I was like, OMFG, dude, this is good. It just tasted so good? Oh, my God, it tastes good. That's so why I'm drinking it right now, dude. I uh, <laughs> got Starbucks, buzzed, and I poured Bailey's in it and added to my latte. You may have, like, subtly become an alcoholic. Just <laughs> yeah. casually slipped into alcoholism there. Yeah, it's a possibility. You know, but, uh, one time I was at a, I was in Vegas, and, and I, was, I was mixing the, the, the strawberry yogurt with, with my alcohol and drinking it. See, that's, uh, yeah, that's alcoholic behavior. <laughs> I think Here's you and I are both in trouble, Brisky. Yeah, these are potential warning signs. I was watching some show the other day, and it just it triggered this thought where it was one of these, uh, you know, the guy in the office has like the wet bar by the window, and, you know, yeah. he's having a meeting at two in the afternoon. It's like, hey, you know, you want a little shot of whiskey? Like, they're all just... Yeah. That, I've seen that in a million movies over the years or TV shows, or also the whole, like, you know, they got a bottle of scotch in the desk drawer, and they take two glasses out. And yeah, something. yeah. I don't know where the hell that came from. I've never been in anyone's office in any professional setting where not only did they not have a wet bar, but if somebody took a bottle of scotch out and poured you some for a meeting, I mean, that's, uh, isn't that blatant alcoholic? You know, symptoms? Jay Kelly used to do that with me. He had it in his desk or he had a wet bar uh, in his desk. Really? Yeah. You got a major out. problem if you're hiding uh, bottles of booze in your desk drawer and you think it's okay to serve in the middle of the day <laughs> for an office meeting. 
Well, well even like on Yellowstone, yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but they're drinking whiskey constantly during this program, and it's like afternoon time, and if something bad happens, you know, they'll get the whiskey down, and it's just like, this is definitely a sign of coping, uh, self-medicating. They used to talk about in the 50s, all those like Don Draper type guys and all that yes. sort of thing, doing the two to three martini lunch. Right. Wouldn't you yeah. be loud? I mean, you, uh, you might as well be drinking straight liquor. At that right, point, that's, you know. that's exactly it. Yeah. I will tell you, dude, that my uh, my wife is an attorney, and she was in trial at one point. And outside counsel that worked for this company flew into Seattle and was doing this trial with my wife. He was an old guy, and uh, he would go to lunch during the trial and order four or five drinks and be blitzed and go back to court wow. and finish it off for the day and that's a huge problem like you should be disbarred for that right <laughs> i, would I think, mean yes so yeah and you know my wife was screaming saying like i don't want to be next to this after lunch with him but he did it every day and he must do it all the time because this was the first time they ever met he didn't even try and be coy about it i'm gonna start a new thing right just take like a bong out of my office desk and be like hey you want a quick hit here while we're having our finance <laughs> <Yes>. meeting <laughs> like let's mainstream it all yeah Why discriminate it's not a bad idea all right moving on need to know news news you need to know what's on your list brewski okay so we've all you know gone on dates or you know if you're with somebody like you nick you're married and Steve, you're with Dottie. You're always looking for things to do with uh, the person that you're with. You're dating yes. and you want to find new things and because you want to keep it fresh and, and that sort of thing. Sure. All valid. I've picked well, enough apples in my life. So what else do we have? Well, <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what, this is this is something this is pretty interesting. There's an island in New York City where they bury unclaimed dead people. Mm -hmm. And it's becoming a park. So now you could go for a stroll wow. and it's an island. So it's in the middle of, you know, the East River and everything, the New York Harbor. And there it is. That's where they bury all the unclaimed people. And it's the nation's largest public cemetery. Wow. And, uh, so there are headstones? Um, well, it says here that the bodies arrive in plain wooden caskets. Mostly it's, you know, inmates or homeless, homeless folks and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, a lot of ex-wives, I'd imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's only, that's only a golf course is in New Jersey. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but there are small white posts that mark plots with reference numbers. It almost sounds like an art installation, you know, to bring awareness yeah. to a marginalized portion of our community. Right. Yeah. That's some deep, dark, depressing art, I suppose. But um, um, I mean, first of all, I can't believe that in New York City that, A, there's an extra island floating around out there. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that, that is not like multi-zillion dollar property. Like, this is the best place. Now, isn't Jersey like right over there? They couldn't bury those people over there. I mean, that part just mystifies me that there's an island out there and that's what they decided to do with it. We're going to run out of places like we've spoken about in the past, right? Uh, right. We're going to run out of places to bury people. Well, that's a great question, too, though. Why aren't they? cremating these bodies or decompose like they're just piling up bodies on this island out there that's weird enough but so well, now it's a park like i can take a ferry out there it's it's in the process of becoming that i um, hope it's not a dog park <laughs> good digging for a bone right um, yeah. 
Uh, okay, so I take a ferry. I'm in New York City, and on all the list of things that I could do for tourism or dates. We're gonna go um, to the boy, Statue that... of Liberty. We'll see the 9/11 Memorial. Oh, I gotta right. go to that park, dude. That park. <laughs> well, you gotta go to the Bronx, though. Dead people. You gotta go to the Bronx, though, because this island's off the coast of the Bronx. Tell me if this is weird, gentlemen. I do recall. Like this sounds odd to me now. Obviously. Um, in the 90s, growing up in Seattle with the whole grunge uprising, uh, the goth portion of that community used to, in my high school, used to go out and, you know, drink in graveyards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. So I guess it's something it could be for that population, something similar, <laughs> or it could be for families. Like, I I don't see a downside to this. Um, well, listen, if you're fascinated by the homeless or prison population, <laughs> it sounds like an ideal tourist spot. So, yes. Well, I, I will say that there, joke, is, okay. <laughs> there will be days that you cannot go there, though. <laughs> well, what are they? On burial days and two days each month, the city conducts graveside visits for family and public access will be limited. And every it's, other Wednesday is Necrophilia Wednesday out there. So they, yeah. uh, you know. <laughs> something is weird, dude. Now, all of a sudden, the family's going to come and watch a burial. This is no longer an unclaimed person cemetery. This is just a cemetery they're using as a park. And yeah. I would also say it's a giant red flag if your date suggests going to this place. So <laughs> factor that in. Probably right. Need to know news. I said, oh, Lord, Jesus is a fire. News you need to know. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Gentlemen, uh, with the recent updates on uh, being pro-life, pro-choice, and a lot of states are now saying no abortions, something happened to our friends in Wyoming that I thought was fantastic and delightful. Uh... They knocked up some teenagers. Can't do anything about it now. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, abortion uh, was legal in Wyoming, and oddly enough, as the result of a state constitutional amendment pushed by conservative opposed to Obamacare more than a decade ago, uh, it is now legal again. One of their judges, uh, Judge Melissa Owens, in a ruling Wednesday, temporary, uh, temporarily blocked enforcements of the state's newly enacted abortion ban that took effect on Sunday. Owens' decision pointed to a 2012 amendment to the state constitution that granted Wyoming citizens the right to make their own health care decisions. Wyoming voters overwhelmingly passed that amendment, which was intended to protect them from the uh, hypothetical harms contained in then-President Barack Obama's signature health law, the Affordable Care Act. Anti-abortion lawmakers in Wyoming have tried to work around that 2012 amendment in passing the uh, ban for abortion. Uh, You got in trouble, guys. I mean, you wanted to make this amendment because you felt like the Affordable Care Act was unconstitutional you wanted control over your body but now the amendment uh, works both ways so So they were trying to stick it to obamacare years ago by saying it's your body your choice and now it's backfiring on them because it still (laughs) should be your body your choice (laughs) (laughs) yep 100 percent. it's so funny dude that they uh you know they're all up in arms now like that's different that's different this is a you know you're killing a baby and everything else but yeah, you said we could have control over our bodies. You amended the state's constitution, so I don't know what to tell you. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks a lot, Obama. 
That is hilarious. Uh, I mean, this circles back to our original story about cherry picking and uh, hypocrisy on the right, where it's your body, your choice when it comes to vaccines or sticking it to Obamacare, but not when it comes to abortions or other sorts of, uh, you know, transgender medical treatments or whatever it is. Then, no, no, now it's not your body. Now it's our choice, the government's choice. So, yes. That's exactly. It must be exhausting to be a conservative and be such a hypocrite. And no, how do you tiptoe around all of your hypocrisies and not just look like a flaming idiot? Completely. You have to be such a flip flopper. You're uh, every moment of your life. It would be exhausting. Need to know news. News you need to know. All right. We've talked on the show before about uh, technology. Everyone's on their phones. Everyone's on their screens. I've made the point that when it comes to kids that we got to cut them some slack because this is the modern society we live in. Computers and screens and mobile devices. And and also, like we referenced earlier, everything in moderation, right? I mean, if you're on your screen 24-7, obviously it's going to have negative effects. But uh, yep. otherwise, this be the world we live in. But um, uh, there's a trend going on out there. Nick? It may actually be a phenomenon. It's a phenomenon. There we go. There we go. It is a phenomenon. Uh, do you know what a dumb phone is? <laughs> I would imagine it's just like our uh, old phones, jitterbugs, you know, the flip, you know, old flip phones or whatever. That's what I would imagine. Exactly. And several years ago, when people started calling, you know, iPhones and Androids and all this smartphones, I had wondered, mm. well, apparently that means we were all on dumb phones before, so... I don't know if this was an official term, but uh, the headline of this article is dumb phones are on the rise in the U.S. as Gen Z looks to limit their screen time. That could be a good thing. I mean, uh, you know, sources are saying, you know, they're saying that we're going overboard with all of this and uh, it's having a major effect on our children. So moderation is all well and good, but it was kind of like the porn filtering app we talked about in the last show. Like, can't you just moderate yourself? You really need to just get rid of your smartphone. huh? You're that addicted. Um, yeah. Companies like uh, HMD Global, the maker of old school Nokia phones, continue to sell millions of mobile devices similar to those used back around the year 2000. Hmm. Do you feel you're that addicted to a smartphone that the only way around that is to go get an old Nokia flip phone? Let me tell you this, dude, that uh, I mentioned yesterday, uh, Rachel was out of town and I was by myself and I hadn't planned anything for myself to do yesterday. I was, for the first time in a long time, I was so bored yesterday. Uh, From the time I got up to the time I went to bed, I was just so bored. I looked down at my phone for the majority of that day, scrolling through TikTok, social media stuff. And uh, for the first time in a long time, I have a new phone by a month or two. My battery died. I, I was on We're it for so long, long, you know, on TikTok, basically, for so long that I killed my battery. Do not have any restraints. <laughs> well, maybe you're just better than people, dude. Uh, I have addictions and a hard time. I guess the other point is I think we all have some old Nokias and whatnot sitting in a, uh, you know, desk drawer somewhere. So apparently those might become uh, worthwhile yet again. So yeah. eBay. Hello, eBay. Put them all up. Need to know news. News you need to know. I can go if you don't have anything, Brewski, or if you have something, please delight us. Well, I wanted to share this. I thought this was kind of fun. Obviously, we we know that this is an ever-changing story. It's going to be changing by the minute, by the hour, by the second. And I'm talking about the former former president being being arraigned. Mm. Now, part of that whole that whole process is that he is going to be have his mugshot taken. Yes. 
And uh, so his attorney has said that he would like the mugshot to stay private because he's the leading GOP candidate. It's not going to help anything. I completely disagree. There are going to be a lot of people out there who can make a lot of money selling Trump mugshot T-shirts. And I don't think these guys should be standing in the way. No, I mean, first of all, everyone's mugshot goes public. And I thought he wanted to overhype this whole thing. So I would think he'd be making T-shirts with his uh, mugshot on there. But uh... Uh, his uh, attorneys have asked not, that there not be any cameras in the uh, courtroom because yeah. they didn't want to make a circus or a spectacle out of this. Oh, God forbid Trump make a spectacle. Huh? Come on. Yeah. Hot kettle, black, ring, ring. I mean, geez. He's worried about the. It won't be a good picture. That's all he's really worried oh, about. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you know what, though? If, if you told him he could make money on every single T-shirt with his mugshot on it, you know he'd be on board. Of course. Links to all of this. CNN conducted a poll and 60% of Democrats, but also 62% of independents say that they agree with the indictment and Trump being investigated uh, and also having charges brought up on him. So this whole idea that you're going to get people sympathetic to him and voting for him, in particular independents, right. at yeah. least in that in that one poll, that doesn't show that doesn't seem to be the case. No, I can't accept that philosophy. I know this is going to rile up his base and maybe some more Republican base out there is going to you know rally to his uh, side for this. But I, I can't fathom the middle of the road voter who would be attracted to Trump now after all of these years, all the debacles, all the right. con- now that he's been indicted and there's a mugshot out of him and whatnot. Now you think people are going to vote for him in the middle? And there's just no way. Let's cross our fingers that you're right, dude. I mean, we said he'd never get elected. Yeah, but I mean, there's no way. And by the way, I'm glad you bring that point up because I am sick of people saying that this whole Stormy Daniels hush money thing is just some dumb, trivial story. He was it's election interference. He knew this story could sway the election. And so this is why he paid her to be quiet. An election that he then went on to win by a very narrow margin. And not only story really could have swayed the election. It really could have, dude, and it was taken from campaign funds. I that's always left well, out when they're talking about it on Fox News, where these funds came from and and the roundabout way they went to do it. Well, actually, the the whole in amongst the thirty four charges he's being indicted yeah. on are um, falsifying business records, right? And so the money was coming actually from the from his company, but what they were doing was. They were making saying that it was for legal fees and right. it was small payments here and there. And and but that was coming out of the, the, the company's general fund and in the company's general ledger. That's what it was showing as legal fees. Well, that's falsifying business records. And that's that you can't do that. That's just that's illegal. And, and it's a thing that they prosecute quite a bit, actually, in that particular district in Manhattan. No, I mean, the money was was funneled illegally and incorrectly to try to influence an election. And it, it violates some business laws, campaign finance laws. But it's a major story. And I just, yeah, I don't understand why some people don't get it, that this thing could have swayed the entire election, changed the course of U.S. history. It's not a little story by any means. Donald Trump was asked what he would be doing the night before all of this, you know, was going on. You know what he said, don't you? No. What? Now, what are the two of you going to be doing tonight? You know, there's a lot going on. Probably making love. He's going to make love tonight, dude. He's, he's cool as a cucumber. 
That's hilarious. I was watching, uh, I think it was MSNBC, the night these uh, indictments, uh, not that they came down, but the information came public that they were going to come down. And, you know, a lot of the uh, guests on there kept saying, like, you know, this is a sad day for America. This is, uh, you know, no one out there, you know, listening right now should be happy about this. And Chris Hayes interrupted. He's like, I got to be honest with you. I think a lot of my audience is actually really happy to be here. <laughs> Sorry to tell you. How did, and it's how not we because all collect, trivial. Did, well, no, it's not trivial. But why, why is it, though? I mean, we've watched Trump get away with a million and one things, from the little to the big, to finally have accountability. It's not that I'm cheering the decline of democracy, per se. It's that this guy is clearly up to a zillion illegal and immoral things. So finally some accountability. Like I think that is cause for celebration. This is the guy that said, I like people that don't get caught to john mccain like uh well okay well let's roll with your theory dude you got caught that's hysterical yes you finally got caught uh, slippery dawn yeah and i think this is the first of uh probably a few indictments to come but even if this is the only one like yeah I- i'm excited to see that this guy that is teflon don that keeps somehow getting away with all this stuff that any normal person would have already been held accountable for again his lawyer was already convicted of the same thing the same offense yes and we know from that that he was you know uh conspirator number one or whatever you know trump was. individual number one yeah exactly so when your lawyer has already been found guilty of something the two of you did together lawyers don't just do stuff for the fun of it on their own obviously they were in it together so yeah i'm excited that there could be some accountability i think it sends the right message not the wrong message well and then there's news today that uh his secret service detail including the ones that are with him down at mar-a-lago have been subpoenaed and are going to testify with jack smith uh, investigating the, the the whole classified documents case. Good. So now you've got Secret Service people who are going to actually go on the record and and uh, testify. Let's hope it's not all you know. Plead the fifth stuff. They can't, uh, but but they're, they're not. But they're not. They're not incriminating themselves unless they help them do it. Oh, so so they're not going to plead the fifth. Yeah, and the case in Georgia going on. I mean, this is all stuff that accountability ah. needs to be caught up with, and that any normal person, you know, would have already been, you know, prosecuted. So I'm all for it. I texted Nick the night that the, you know this news broke. Like uh, I said, like I have a political boner right now. This is so <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so exciting. It's so overdue. I mean, the Mueller report was such a letdown. I mean, me and so many other liberals, you guys included, we all had our hopes pinned on that. That obviously he's broken the law. I read that stupid Mueller report i ordered it off amazon and it's quite clear there was obstruction of justice and whatnot but somehow he just got away with it all so yeah accountability is a good thing and yeah i have a political boner and i can't wait to see where this goes yeah, yeah. well with i mean everything is updating constantly so uh we'll see let's just uh, yeah. uh, let's have uh thoughts and prayers <laughs> you know yeah. like this is the thing i want to have thoughts and prayers we're gonna throw some t's and p's at uh db uh, donald's way yeah t's and p's i had to think about that for a second bruce keep need to know news i said oh lord jesus is a fire news you need to know i got bronchitis ain't nobody got time for that ain't nobody got time for elon musk or do we mm, i see he's back in the news what do you have uh, on him He's back in the news for sure. Uh, you know, this is interesting, dude, because uh, Elon Musk is obviously, either, he's. I think you either love him or hate him. Uh, if you go back before this whole Twitter thing and before he came this raging conservative, uh, he's been talking for a long time about the development of AI and how 
it needs to be regulated. Like, uh, it's very dangerous, in his opinion, uh, that yeah. we have no idea how this is going to affect us. And to use um, an analogy, he talks about it's like smoking. I mean, we all used to smoke, and we thought it was fine and everything else. And then it takes some time to catch up with that for you to be able to realize, oh, this is killing people. And he thinks that that is kind of where we're going with AI of how fast, how quickly it's developing. Uh, that's ironic since he has become this conspiratorial conservative because I would argue that you got to think that stuff through because it's killing people. And eventually you're going to look back and realize you're on the wrong side of history there, genius. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he, this uh, article that I'm reading, you know, uh, they talk to a lot of people that are involved in tech and AI and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. Elon Musk uh, is saying, like, uh, not only... Are we going to need to be worried about our economy and where this is going? Because so many jobs are going to be taken from AI. Uh, but we have to also worry about the fact that AI is dangerous on many levels because we don't know how to use it properly. Yeah, no no crap, Sarah Connor. I mean, have you ever seen any science fiction movie? I mean, this is not... This is like a genius to say that AI may backfire on all of us, which I, I see a total disregard going on in that world, you know, Google and all that stuff. But, yeah, I don't, I don't give Musk much credit for being a genius to think that this might be a problem. Uh, he was getting angry during this interview saying, like, uh, and I've seen him on Rogan talking about this before, too, where he's just like... I've been warning you guys for a long time. No one wanted to listen to me. And now, you know, we've we've come too far. You know, we've come too far. So I don't know why he's still talking about it. But we're already, I mean, I feel like in the last month that we're starting to see this, uh, what's this chat AI? Chat yeah. GPT. GPT, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so many people are starting to use this AI to do certain things for them. I saw a story on Vice News where a guy was like, I'm going to ask Chat GBT about my whole day and how I should spend it and see if it makes me a healthier person. If this AI tells me how to spend my time, where to go, what to eat, what to do. Um, here's a guy in Belgium, uh, uh, Belgium, a Belgian guy recently died by suicide after chatting with an AI chatbot on an app called uh, Chai La Libre. So this is set up so if you, like a suicide hotline, but an AI is controlling it. Okay. All right. So, so did he, the AI talk him into it, or it was just such a depressing conversation? He, uh, <laughs> no, I don't no, think it was, was that. It was. It was just bored to death. That's what it was. Right. Uh, well, I mean, that's supposed to be the uh, great thing about AI is like you're not bored. I mean, we could treat you like a clone. We could do anything to you, dude. Right. You could uh, go to Starbucks and talk to the barista and end up blowing your head off. Doesn't mean Starbucks is bad. But uh, listen, I'm not trying to sing the praises of AI. I think it is extremely dangerous. But um, it's one of those once the cat's out of the bag, even if America has rules and regulations, what is China doing? What's Russia doing? Like, this stuff's going to develop on its own. So, yeah, I don't know. Do we stay a step ahead of them? Do we create our own super Terminator virus robot things? I, I have no idea what the actual solution is. I know. I think we have to tread lightly. Uh, I do think it is. I don't want to say that the government needs to regulate it, but our, there's people are not responsible enough to do it on their own not everybody anyway oh, uh, so I, I don't know what needs to happen here dude i i don't think we need to move too quickly i think it's a great thing but i'm seeing it even popping up 
and being so user friendly. Like I said, within the last month, I keep getting stuff like my web browser now has a section when I Google something. Uh, I can get the Internet's answers or I can get the AI answers and he'll write an article for me based on exactly what I asked. I, th- yeah. I, I And I think I just think that we're screwed because nobody there's always going to be people out there that are going to use it for, you know, for not the uh, right reasons, I should say. That's what I'm saying. We do, I guess we just need super killing robots because, uh, uh, you know, yeah. it's, like, it's just like other armies. We just have to have a better army, I guess. Better defenses. I mean, I because, I, yeah, you're not going to stop it, especially a country like China that's technologically advanced. I mean, they're probably way ahead of the game that we, you know, we don't even know what they're developing. Yeah, exactly. And you guys have seen the videos of this robot, right, that I don't know if it was MIT, but it's some American institution you know, when they first developed this robot 20 years ago, the thing would stand up and fall over. And yes. now it's doing cartwheels and target practice, precision shooting. And, you know, you can't knock the thing over with a semi truck. I mean, it's, it's and if you scary. if it does fall, it gets right back up on any level. I mean, yeah, you can't we can't fight that. Yes, you can. How <laughs> spray, spray him with a hose. Uh, maybe we do the Dwight Schrute thing and just say, like, uh, oh, here is an AI, and I gave it a really short cord. <laughs> you know, so if it chases <laughs> us, uh, we right. can get away. I'm going to move to that island in New York City that just has much of <laughs> dead people. Need to know news. News you need to know. All right, one last news story to throw out, and then we got to uh, wrap this thing up here. Uh, this theme has come up uh, on the show a few times, and I've heard about it repeatedly in pop culture and more so Fox News. Uh, and Nick and his own brother have argued about the price of eggs. Oh. Mm. Yeah, it's a and, big issue. Yeah, we had talked about that, uh, you know, during the uh, inflation and, uh, you know, money crunching going on, that the prices of eggs have soared. And for some reason, somehow, this all became Biden's fault. That seems to be the Fox News theory anyways. Of course. And uh, a few months back, we had a few uh, senators testify that um, they thought there was actually price rigging going on here, uh, sort of disguised under inflation. So uh, CalMain Foods, the biggest U.S. producer of eggs, reported sales doubled and profits surged 718% last quarter from a year earlier amid soaring supermarket egg prices. Yes, dude. Yes, this is what's happening everywhere. The, uh, they're in line with the petroleum companies offering uh, the biggest profits they've ever made. No one's batting an eye why we have such high gas prices. Right. This is something the conservatives, who are supposed to be you know fiscally sound, should be all over, but they're too busy trying to blame Biden. And uh, egg prices topped inflation's uh, list of all U.S. goods and services last year as the avian flu wiped out commercial chicken flocks and led to egg shortages. However, the point of this article is those shortages were very limited, and the egg companies went ahead and jacked the prices up anyways because they're trying to say that they were trying to hedge for future, you know, more avian flu, but it never came to be, and they could see that ahead of it, and they kept the prices high. So this truly does appear to be some sort of, uh, you know, price gouging uh, on these companies. 700% 700% increase in profits? It's, yeah. I mean, that's it's, it's, it should be criminal. You know, if I owned an egg company, uh, I would rewind my prices and start going cheap again and you know make my money that way. Like, you guys can all stay high-priced. I'm going to go back down to where everyone can afford. Therefore, I'll make more money. Right. 
Uh, a group called Farm Action, a farm advocacy group, said in January that they uh, filed a complaint with the Federal Trade Commission that the uh, real culprit in the high prices of eggs is a collusion scheme amongst the major producers to fix prices and allow them to extract uh, outrageous profits. They uh, they took this small outbreak of avian flu and jacked the prices way up. So it does truly appear now that this was just simply price gouging. Thanks a lot, Biden. Right. <laughs> Please call your brother and Tucker Carlson to shut the hell up already. Yes. It's not any democratic conspiracy that your eggs went up. It's good old American corporations sticking it to you. Yes. And I'm sure loving the fact that you were trying to blame it on Biden the whole time. Where they're sitting here going, is no one going to notice that we tripled the prices, that our profits went up 700%? I mean, it's crazy, dude. And they they won't notice. I mean, even if I share this story with my brother, I'm sure he won't. Yeah, maybe that's kind of true, but something else is up here. You know, like (laughs) I I just can't get the point across. So there you go. The the price of eggs are uh, coming down, but it was all artificially inflated. So All right. Well, gentlemen uh our show comes to an end once again we're out of time as time flies when you're having fun we will be back for another show later in the week this is the vocal minority with nick and steve all a brewski the vocal minority.net find the socials thank you love you test one two test one two stop ladies and gentlemen this is the vocal minority with nick and steve nick reynolds steve harness and cousin brewski the vocal minority with nick and steve